Good morning. Today's daf is daf Tsari Bayes. I'm going to start from the last line of Tsari Aleph Amud Bayes 91b. The today's shir is Ilunishmas ben Sion ben Zev Avram Halevi, Meir ben Shlomo, and Avram ben Meir. May the Neshamos have an aliyah. So the Gemara starts. Omalei Ravina Ravashi. Ravina said Ravashi. Miyomar Rabbi Yochanan Hachi. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say this? Uh, what did Rabbi Yochanan say? So remember, yesterday, yesterday's daf was the discussion about um, if you have a, sorry, my mind's just gone blank. If you say if you can carry between yesterday's daf, the, law, the, the primary discussion of yesterday's daf, which we're continuing with, is if you have. We know you can carry between two chatzai, according to Rabbi Shimon, you can carry, carry from one chatzai to another and one chatzai to a karfais, etc. There was a machloikes rav verse Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan is what we're going to focus on. Is that even where there's an eruv between the house and the chatzai? Because rav said there's a concern that if there's an eruv between the house and the chatzai, then... People are going to be carrying lots of things into their, from their house into their chotzer. And you might end up taking some of those items that started Shabbos in the house into the neighboring chotzer, which we know is not allowed. Any item that starts Shabbos in the house is not allowed to be taken to another chotzer. This that Rabbi Shimon says you can carry from one chotzer to another chotzer to a karfev to a gag, etc. is all items that started in the chotzer or the karfev or the gag. But if it started in the house, it would be osur. And Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan said there was no such concern. Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan said, even if you could have carried, there's an Eruv, so you could carry from your house into your chotzer, you're still allowed to carry those items that started Shabbos in your chotzer into the neighboring chotzer. So that's what the Gemara is asking. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say this? So he says, Mishnah. We know that Rabbi Yochanan says the halacha is like a Stam Mishnah. What's a Stam Mishnah? An anonymous Mishnah. It was one of the ways when Rabbi compiled the different Tanaic teachings. We'll see a few points on, uh, on how uh, a, a little bit of the structure of it. But when Rebbe compiled the Mishnayos, one of the ways that he told us how he thinks the halacha should be, at least according to Rabbi Yochanan, is he left it anonymous. Because then it sounds like the general consensus. If he says, one, if he says uh, as, a, as a blanket statement something, but Rabbi Yehuda says X, or he says as a, just one statement, and then but Rabbi Meir says Y, he makes it sound like that's the general consensus, and that's how he would encourage... That's how he would be um, saying the psak should be. So, when Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, the halacha is always like the Stam Mishnah, the anonymous Mishnah. It says, V'tnan, and we learnt it, and in a Mishnah Kosel, Sheben Shtei Chatsoiros, Gavoh Asar Barochav Arbo, Ma'avrim Shtaim Ve'ei Ma'avrim Echot. If you have two chotzes separated by a wall, that is, ten tfochim high and four, amo, uh, four tfochim wide, you cannot make a joint Eruv between those Chotzers. You have to make a separate Eruv. Remember, to join two Chotzers in, a, in an Eruv, you have to be able to walk. You have to be able to go between the two. There has to be a door or a window. If there's just this wall, then you can't. Now, what happens if there were Peros on top of this wall? So, 
these the people from the one side can climb on top of the wall and eat the pro, the fruit there, and the people from the other chotzer can climb on top of the wall and eat the fruit there. But what do we see? Um, as long as as long as they don't take it down because the wall is its own reshus by the fact that it's um, 10 fochim high and wider than uh, 4 fochim it's its own reshus but now if like we've been asserting according to Rabbi Yochan and Shmuel you can carry from one chotzer to another you can carry from one reshus to the other why can't you carry from this this wall, the top of this wall, into another chotzer? It's the same as, let's say, two chotzers next to each other. Must be the only reason we can think of is because if there's an Eruv between the house and the chotzer, you can't carry between that chotzer and another chotzer. And that's why you would not be allowed to take fruit off the wall into the chotzer. So the Gomorrah answers, he says, no, my lamata. What did we mean when we said you can't take things down off the wall? We didn't mean literally you can't take it down off the wall into the chotzer. We meant lamata lebatim to take it down into the house. Ah, you can't take something off the root. You you put some uh, fruit to ripen on the wall, and then you come on Shabbos day and you take it in your house for lunch. That's what you're not allowed to do. But to just take it down onto the into the chotzer, according to Rabbi Yochanan, would be mutar. But Rabbi Chir taught, when Rabbi Chir was uh, teaching regarding this mission, he taught another b'risa which says, as long as this one stands, stays in his place and eat, and this one stays in his place and eat. I'm not about going back into the house. So If Rebbe didn't teach it, where did Rebbe Chir get it from? I, if that's, um, if that's what Rebbe wanted to say, that you could not take it from the wall even into the chotzer, why did he use this such an ambiguous phrase, Lamata, take it down? Take it down could easily mean take it down into your house, because what else would you do with the fruit on the wall? So by the fact that Rebbe didn't teach that way, and he didn't teach it more explicitly, like Rabbi Chia, that you have to stay there and eat it on the wall. Must be that's not what he's coming to say. And then the Gomorrah says, very interesting, if Rabbi didn't teach it, where would Rabbi Chia get it from? I firstly, Rabbi's Mishnayos, as I've mentioned in the past, but we know there are different collections of Tanai teachings. There's Mishnas, there's Brises, there's Tosefta, there's Halachic Midrashim, Torah's Kohanim, that's a Halachic work on the... Chumash, according to the parishes, Torah's uh, Kahanim on Vayikra, it's also called Sifra, there's the Sifri on Bamidbar and Tvarim, Halachic collections um, based on this, the Mechilta, there are many, um, and not only the Halachic collections on Midrashim there, Agadic, um, that discuss the stories and backgrounds and the philosophies and the mysticism, etc. So there's not, um, it wasn't only Rebbe's collection on Mishnayos, but regarding other prices, even the Tosefta, which are very authoritative, which were compiled by Rebbe Chia and Rebbe Oshia, Rebbe's Mishnah will, will always trump them because the Mishnah is compiled by Rebbe of the most authoritative. Okay, let's go on to a new piece. Um, so according to Rav, he, we're going back to Rav's opinion. Rav said that he agrees that Allah was like Rabbi Shimon that you can carry between different Rishus Hayochids like a Chotzer to another Chotzer to a Karfev to a Gag etc. That is, he passes like Rabbi Chia, 
But however, he limited it. He said you cannot do that when the when the house, when there's an A roof between the house and the chotzer. So someone could have brought the chair or food from their house into the chotzer. Now there's a danger that you'll carry that stuff which started Shabbos in the house into the neighboring chotzer. Rav said you're not allowed to do that. So regarding that, itmar. What happens if you have two houses, two courtyards, and one churva between them? Achas irva v'achas loy irva. One of the chotzer's have an eruv. I you can carry one of those on either side of the churva. I think I have a picture. I haven't joined yet, but I'll show it shortly. Um, one of them, you have two houses on either side of the chotzer. Well, obviously two houses and a chotzer on either side of a ruin. One of those houses have a eruv into the chotzer, into the chotzer. So what would be the halacha? Now we know, can the house that does not have an Eruv carry into the ruin? And we're going to actually even be asking, can the house with an Eruv carry into the ruin? Um, so the Gemara says, um, What's he saying? Rav Huna says you can carry from. So here are the two houses with a chotzer. You, um, it's not as clear, but two uh, two houses with the chotzer. Um, you're opening onto a chotzer with a ruin between them. Actually, according to this diagram, it's houses. It looks like houses directly into the ruin, but I don't think that's. Uh, that's the case we're discussing. Now, one of these houses has an Eruv that it can carry into the Chotzer, and the other house does not. So that it can carry into the, yes, carry into the Chotzer. Rav Huna says the one which has a Eruv cannot carry into the ruin, and the one that does not have an Eruv can carry into the ruin. Why can the one which does not have an Eruv carry into the ruin? Um, because, well sorry, the other one cannot carry into the ruin because of this concern. He's likely to take things from his house into a chotzer because he has an Eruv with his chotzer and then those might be carried into the ruin and those are not allowed to move to a different Rishus HaYochit. V'chia barav omar irva. No, Rav said even the one that has an Eruv um, Rav said, even the one that has an Eruv, and therefore I say Vishtei Masuros, both actually can't carry into the ruin. I'm very interested, what, what Chiyobar Rav is saying, I mean he's Rav, he's saying basically, my father said, even the one that has an Eruv. I, never mind, that not only the one that doesn't have an Eruv, but even the one that does have an Eruv. That's what my father said. And I'm telling you, the interpretation is that both of them are also. Neither the one that has an Eruv, nor the one that does not have an Eruv. Again, an Eruv, the house, and its chotzer is allowed to carry into the ruin. And he says, I mean, the language of af, even the one that has an Eruv, implies that they're going to have the same halacha. That's important for our discussion. So again, Rabbi Chia comes along. Again, what's the case? Let's just get it clear. You have two houses opening into a chotzer, and each of them open into a ruin between them. 
can either of them carry into that ruin? So according to the first opinion, Rav Huna, yes, the one that does not have an Eruv with its house can carry items that started Shabbos in the Chatzar into the ruin. The other one which has an Eruv with its house, good chance you're going to end up with things from the house in the Chatzar, and therefore you would not be allowed to carry into the ruin. Rav Barab says, my father told me they have the same halacha. I heard from my father that they have the same halacha. And therefore I'm going to tell you that they also. And he, he'll explain it now. And he says, why, what's the concern? Because there's always the concern that, granted, you might not have such an issue with tr- carrying from the Chatzar into the ruin, because it's not so, it's hard to use the, this, uh, what's a dilapidated building, but you might carry from the one Chatzar into the dilapidated building into the other Chatzar. And we know Rav has that general rule, that if you have an Eruv between your house and your Chatzar, you're not allowed to carry into another Chatzar. So so then he says, he says, Maybe you'll say, why say when Rav told you that they have both the same halacha, why did you say they're both also? Maybe they're both mutar. Maybe you can carry from either chotzer into the courtyard. He says, Because we know we don't give rights from the chotzer that does not have an eruv to the chotzer that does have an eruv. Yeah, because obviously what he's saying is as follows. He says, obviously, you would not be, my father holds, you would not be allowed to carry from the one that has an Eruv into the Churva. We know that's Rav's general opinion that you can't carry from one Rishus Hayochit to another Rishus Hayochit if the first Rishus Hayochit is open to its house, has an Eruv with its house, and you might end up with lots of Kalim from the house in the Chotzer and carry them elsewhere. So that we know Rav says that case is Osur. Therefore, when he tells me that the other that the other case is the same, it must be it's also Osur. So the Gemara says there's not necessarily a good comparison. He says, I see la He says, No, there since the house the Kalim of the house of safe in the Chotzer, you'll you might come to carry them out. but here we're talking about a ruin. Kimen the money the chotzer b'churva, the things that you would leave in the courtyard would not be safe in the dilapidated building. Lo someone's not going to come and carry them out. Since the chotzer is a safe place, it's got security, a person will put, they'll put their chairs, they'll put their toys, they'll put some food, they'll leave stuff in the chotzer because it's safe. You'll leave stuff in your front, but in the dilapidated building you're never going to leave stuff. So therefore, the chances of finding something in the churva that you're now going to take to one of the other chotzes, which really started in one of the houses, is not such a concern. You're right. From one chotzer to another, there is that concern because you'll likely take many things from your house and put them in your chotzer, and you'll forget that some of those started Shabbos in your house. But otherwise, it shouldn't be a problem. Now, Ike to Omri, so, so we've actually switched it around. Thir Barav, we wanted to say, was stricter. He would hold now they can carry into the Churva. And now we said, no, because of the Churva is not protected, there's not likely to be so many Kalim in it, items from the other Chotzer, it's fine. Now we're going to have switch it around, but basically built on the same principles to say that's how he started. He says, Some say that, Barav is right, that Chotzer is 
It's where they have an Eruv and both are Mutar. And if you want to suggest, no, maybe it should be also to carry from either the house that has an Eruv with its Chatzar or the house that does not have an Eruv with a Chatzar to carry into the middle, the, the dilapidated building between them. Maybe you'll say both are also because we don't give the chotzer that has an eruv the the chotzer which does not have an eruv. I we don't allow him to carry from the one which has an eruv into the not eruv. So definitely the one case is also. Therefore we'll say the other case is also. Says Hosam, given the mintra man in the bottom chotzer loy shorubu. Rav is loy shorubu rabbanon to aizilafukei. Rav says that the rabbis only made the xayra by a chotzer into a chotzer because you're likely to have many kalim from the house inside the chotzer, as we explained, because it's safe. So you'll leave your chair there, you'll leave some toys there, and you'll leave uh, all different items there, and therefore in the chotzer because it's safe. So it's very likely that you might accidentally carry one of them into the next door chotzer. And therefore, Rav, uh, therefore, Rabbanu made a xayri. He says, But a churva is not so secure, so people aren't going to leave their items there. And therefore, there's no re- need for the xayri of Rabbanan. Okay, let's start the new Mishnah. Um, I'm at the Mishnah towards the bottom of Tari Beis Amon Aleph, uh, 92 and uh, 92. Um, the, the Mishnah, we've actually seen this Mishnah a few times. But, Gag Godel Samuch Lekatan, if you have a large roof, Adjacent to a small roof, mutar The large one is mutar, and the small one is osur. I'll just show you a picture of it. Um, if you have a large chotzer opening into a small chotzer, um, a large chotzer opening into a small chotzer, muteres. The large one is mutar ukatana asura. And the katan is also why? Because it's just like a doorway of the large one. Right, so here you have these two courtyards where the red dotted line is. It's completely open. So the large one opens into the small one. Now the large one actually has walls. It has, well they each have their three, each, the, the large one and the small one have their three walls. They have the back wall and the two side walls. It's just the middle wall that's a little bit troubled. The large one has it. Because if you look at the large one, it has on the flanks where it overlaps the small chotzer, it has uh, walls. And it's just a doorway between it and the small one. So if you look, if you're standing in the large chotzer, you have four walls and a doorway going into the small one. But if you're standing in the small one, you're standing in the small chotzer, well then it's completely open into the large one. You just have three walls and it's joined to the large one. Now since the large one, the large one's mutar because it has four walls and on the fourth side it's a doorway, but the third one is osur. Here's another diagram that they do in 3D, but it's the exact, I mean it's the opposite way around, but it's the same thing. There's the chotzer katana, there's the chotzer gedoyla, and the gedoyla has three walls. Okay. Let's see the Gomorrah. It says, Why do I need both cases? Why do I need the case of a roof, a large roof next to a small roof, which for all intents and purposes would be the exact same thing, just um, instead of with chotzer, it would be with the roof as a diagram. 
And why do I also need the case of a chotzer? Is it not the exact same thing? So the Gemara answers, no, the Rav, according to Rav, it's telling me that the roof must be similar to a chotzer. Just as a chotzer, the walls, you can see the walls, so too on the roof you have to see the walls. Remember we discussed this, when you have a roof, when you have a building, you can count the walls, you can say good asset, you can say the walls of the buildings, again this is all imaginary, but you imagine it, you view it as if the walls go up beyond the side of the building. Um, and therefore it is as if the roof is fenced in. What about the dividing wall between the two roofs that are joined together? So it's two houses. So they definitely have a wall between them coming up to the roof. But you can't see it above the roof. And you can't see it from the outside. You can't see that wall at all. That's a mechitza she'enu minkara. And Rav says that's not a valid mechitza. And therefore it would be as if there's no wall between these two chatzeros. And that's what Rav says, you need both cases. Shmuel says, Gag dumya de chotzer. It compares a roof to the chotzer. Ma chotzer de chotor silo rabim. Just as the reason that you... The, the problem with the chotzer is you have many people staying in the chotzer. And therefore you have many people. And as we mentioned in the past, they used to use their chotzers a lot. Therefore you'll have lots of people walking over the wall, over the boundary between the two chotzeros. So to this roof that we say is a problem that you that it's, that you can't say good asik mechitza that the wall between the two houses goes up and extends as a partition between the two roofs. That's only when there are lots of people using the top of the roof. If one of the, if you don't have a lot of people using the top of the roof, then you would view it as if there's a fence between the two roofs and you could carry from one to the other. Now, okay, that uh, leaves that discussion. Now, we're going to bring quite a few interesting halachas. We're going to say, uh, we're going to set up a principle that basically the two, I mean, it's hard to express it, but basically the rights of the large one extend into the small one. Uh, the big one influences and extends into the small one. In a way, we view the large one as a chotzer. And when you're looking from the perspective of the large one, the small chotzer, the whole chotzer is just viewed as a doorway of the large one. So, we, and we're going to teach quite a few interesting halachas um, throughout uh, um, throughout Shas that this principle would have ramifications. So let's see it inside. Yosef, Rabbi, Rabbi Zayra, Rabbi, Baruchanan, Rabbi, Rabbi Zayra, and Rabbi Baruchanan were sitting. Yosef, Abai Gavayu, and Abai were sitting nearby. And they said, Mamina, we see from our Mishnah, The residence of the large one is in the small one, but the small one is not in the large one. That's as I explained, the rights of the large one, the influence of the large one, we say extends into the small one. I, in many, as we're going to see in these halachas, we almost view from the perspective of the large one, that the small one is, uh, what would the word be, subsumed inside it, absorbed inside of it. Let's see, so the first one is to do with kilayim. Now remember there are many different types of kilayim. There's kilayim in begodim, that's what we call shakness, you're not going to have wool and linen sewn or tied together. That's clay beget, there's two types of kilayim by animals. 
that is uh, you're not allowed to mate different species together and you're also not allowed to plow or thresh with different animals together like a donkey and an ox you can't make them thresh together but the one we're discussing is clear kerem there is also kilaim of the field and kilaim of the kerem there's subtle differences but we're discussing um kilay kerem you're not allowed to plant things in your vineyard you're not allowed to plant uh, pl other plants in a vineyard now yeah, so what we're going to discuss is if they, if you have one in the large one and one in the small one. So, like the two diagrams, you can see the large chotzer and the small chotzer. So he says, so he says, Kate what would be an example of this halacha that we say the large one extends into the small one, almost absorbs the small one? It says, Kate if you have vans that's uh, these bushes you're not allowed to plant sow plants in the small one now interesting enough why because as we said it's as if the small one is the doorway of the large one and this is even it seems to be even if you leave four amos from the vans before you start planting which this is quite counterintuitive if in the large hotter you'd plant some vans and then you'd leave four amos, you would be allowed to plant these plants with a space of four amos between the vines and them. But now we're saying since the whole small chotzer is viewed as, and we view the large one as extending into the small one as if it's just a doorway, you're not allowed to plant grain in the whole small one, even if there's a space of four amos. Yeah. So he says, so then the Gemara says, Ve'im zora, zoroin os asurin. If you plant in them, the grains are asur. Gefonim mutarim, but the vines will remain mutar. Okay, another interesting application. If, since the, the large one has a doorway, and we know if there's a partition between your vines and your, and whatever else you're growing, you can grow them right up to the partition. So from the perspective of the large chotzer, there's a partition between them because where the large chotzer flanks and the walls go in a bit, it makes it just a doorway. So there's a partition there. So if you did plant grain in the small one or plants in the small one, it would not oyster the vines, but they would all be oyster because it's as if they planted in the big one. Now, what happens if you planted the vines in the small chotzer? Mutal is Roya you can plant plants in the large one. I why? Because remember there's a machitza here. And therefore you're not when you plant these plants in the large one, then there's a machitza between them and the vines, and that's fine. Um, the obvious question though is when the vines and the plants grow near each other, grant so let, let me rephrase it. Granted, planting these plants is mutar because you're planting them in a different property to the small one because there's the mechitza, but we view it as if there's a mechitza. The from the large one's perspective, there's a doorway, there's a line, there's a wall between the two, the large one and the small one. So that's why you can plant the grain in the large one. But once they start to grow, after a few days, a few weeks, when they started to grow, then don't you have vines and grains growing next to each other, I you have plants growing in the vines. 
So isn't that a problem? So Rashi says very interestingly, we all the the, the, the halachas here we're discussing. The one he says that it's a type of plant that would only be a isudrabonim, and therefore if it's only a isudrabonim, if you did it in a mutar way, we're not going to come and penalize you. Tosfos have a very different take. Tosfos say the main issue is to plant the plants in the vineyard. I it's called kalei hakerim kilaim of the vineyard. So the issue is to plant plants in a vineyard. In this case, you can't. You wouldn't call that. You planted plants in a field, not in a vineyard. So it's interesting because what what I find fascinating about this tosis, he's saying is almost the definition of that area will affect the halachas, even though in reality it doesn't look any different to a to a totally similar to a totally similar case. Okay, but that's the first example of where this halacha, that we view the small chotzer as absorbed in the large one, or the large one extending into the small one, the first difference would be kilea kerem. Again, if you planted vines in the large one, we view them as extending into the small one, and therefore, you would not be allowed to plant grain anywhere in the small chotzer. If, however, you planted the vines in the, lo- if you planted the, vines in the small chotzer, you would be allowed to plant these plants in the small chotzer because the vines do not, there's a mechitza, the vines do not extend into the large one. Again, from the perspective of the large one, there's a wall. Let's see the next one, a second example. Now this is just to do with the halachas of a get. If a man wants to give a woman a divorce document, um, if a man wants to give a woman a divorce document, he, it has to be given to her. One of the leniencies is that it has, it could be put in her, it can be put in her property. And Rashi learns we're discussing a case according to the opinion that she has to be there in her property. So the question is now going to be, what happens if she's standing in one of the chotzes, the large one or the small one, and the get is put in the other one? Is it viewed as if it's put in her property when she's in her property and therefore it's a valid get? Or would it be an invalid get? Or Tosas express the question slightly differently. They say the question is as follows. She borrowed one, she doesn't have any land, let's assume. So she borrowed one of those properties so her husband could put the get inside of it. And then it acquires the get on her behalf and she's divorced. What happens if she acquired the big one and the husband put it in the small one? Or if she bo- or borrowed the small chotzer and the husband put the get in the large one? So let's see, Isha Bikdoilov, a get Bikatana. If the woman is standing in the large chotzer and the get, the divorce document was placed by the husband in the small one, Miskareshes, they divorced. Isha Bikatana, however, if the woman's standing in the small chotzer and the husband, the get, Bikadoila, they're not divorced. Again, why? Because the, the small, from the perspective of the large one, which we're saying the woman's standing in, the small one is just the doorway to it. It's an extension of it. It extends into the small one. And therefore, if the get's placed in the small one, she would be divorced. The other way around, if she's in the small one, well, then the gets, the small one is not viewed as extending into the large one. It's its own chotzer, and therefore she would not be divorced. Okay, a third difference. If you have the community the na- uh, standing in the large one, and the shliach tzibur, the 
one who's going to daven on behalf of all of them, standing in the small one, they fulfill their obligation. However, if you have the community in the small one, you have the nine men in the small one, and the Shliat Tzibur standing in the large one, they don't fulfill their obligation. Let's just see the next one because it's very similar. You need a minion and you have nine men standing in the small one, but Yochid Bakatana and a small person, uh, sorry, a sm- uh, one person standing in the small one. Mitzdarfim, they join together to have a minion. Tisha Bekatan, if you have nine people in the small one, the Echot Bekadoyla and one in the large one, Ein Mitzdarfim, they don't join together. Um, and so what do we see here? Again, well, you took, if they, the community, the Naan, the majority are in the large one, then this person, the individual in the small one, can be dragged you view the large one as extending into the small one and he's part of it. So that would be if you have a small um, enclave, a small uh, room going off the shul, or a little, or a, yeah, a, what's it, a depression in the wall of the shul and someone standing there, could still be considered part of the shul because it's a small one off a large one and it extends there. Interesting enough, but wouldn't you say with the Shliat Sibur it might be the other way around? Because shouldn't the Shliat Sibur be the primary person? I should go after where he's standing, not after where everyone else is standing. So I think there are two points for that. One is, you can't say that the majority is dragged after an individual. And more than that, the Shliat Sibur is there as an agent, a messenger. What does Shliat mean? He's a messenger on behalf of the community. He's not there and the community joined to him. He's actually their messenger, their agent to daven on their behalf. And therefore, he has to be um, joined. He, he would follow the community because he can only do on them. And that's why. There's a big discussion in the poskim whether this is where you can see the person or you can't see the person. And it has a lot of ramifications. For example, let's say you have six people in the men's section and four in the ladies' section. Or nine in the men's section and one in the ladies' section. Or the other way around. Do you have a minion? Because, let's say, well, can you see him? Does that make a difference? Or what if you can't see him? There's a good solid mechitza between the, the, the men's and women's section, and you have your tenth man in the, in the women's section. Does that count as your minion? Another interesting ramification is, when can you be Yotze? Let's say they have ten people standing in the shul, but you're standing in the next door room. Can you... So generally, we're more lenient about you being Yoitse, and there's a good chance you can be Yoitse, whereas, um, but for them to, for, to actually have a minion, you might have to be in the same room. And as I mentioned, yeah, according to many, as long as you can see the person, he's counted as joint. This whole issue would be where you couldn't see the person. Okay, then another ramification of this halacha that we say that the large one extends into the small one. We view the small one as a, as an opening, as just the doorway of the large one. It says, If there's excrement in the large one, You can't even say in the small one. Because it's as if there's in the small one as well. Bikatana, however, so it's a bikatana if there's tsa in the small one, mutalikros kriyashma bikatoila, you can 
say Kriyachma in the large one. Just two uh, points. Firstly, it must be where you can't smell it, because if you can still smell it, even if you can't see it, even if you're in a different room, it's problem and you can't daven in just about all cases. And second, you can't see it. If you could see it, if you're standing in the small one, sorry, if you're standing in the large one and there's saw in the small one and you can see it, that could also be a problem to daven, even though it's in a different room. Okay, Omer Luhu Abaye. Imkain. Abaye says, if that's the case, now we're going back to Kilayim. So remember the principle we said by Kilayim is that, again, if you plant the vines in the large one, we view them as if extending into the small one and you would not be allowed to plant any plants there. So he says, Abaye said to them, We have a case where a wall, a mechitza, creates the isur. Um, if we go back to our diagram, this wall is creating, well, let's look at the accurate this wall is creating the Isur, because by the fact that they have a wall and this is an opening, this whole thing's viewed as their doorway, the wall is creating the Isur. It's creating that anything you plant here would be Osur. Now, it seems a buyer obviously had some tradition, or he had never come across that concept before. He had always obviously come across the concept that the Mechitzas create boundaries, allow you to carry allow you, if you have a proper partition, then you're allowed to plant the vines on one side and the grains on the other side. So mechitzas always come to permit things. And Abai is saying with quite a, says what? According to your explanation that we view the large one as extending into the small one, because we view the large, this one as just the doorway of the large one, says you've created an isur. A mechitza, this wall, creates an isur. Because if there was no mechitza, if it was just one large, two chotzers of equal size right next to each other with no partition between them, you would be allowed to just move four amos away and plant. Let's say this chotzer is ten amos uh, long. If you would move four amos, you still wouldn't be allowed to plant here because we view these vines as extending into there which is much stricter than now that we have this mechitza. Yeah, sorry, as we said, not like it. If there was no mechitza here, if it was just one big square, granted two different properties, you just move four amos and you plant there. So we see that this mechitza is making a much stricter. Now, the Gomorrah is going to bring a whole lot of questions. We won't do all of them today. Um, but it's going to ask a, whole, a few questions to try to show that there are other examples where we find that a mechitza creates the isul. And Abai is obviously going to try to support his principle that a mechitza, saying there's a partition there, doesn't create isul. So the first one he says, Omar le Rebbe Zayre, Rebbe Zayre said to Abai, you're telling me we don't ever find a mechitza that the putting of a mechitza somewhere creates the isul. But we learned in our Mishnah, if you have a large chotzer open into the small one, you're allowed to carry from the house, this is the standard chotzer, you're allowed to carry from these houses into this chotzer, because it's as if there's this wall here, and you're not allowed to carry um, from these houses into the other. Now it says, If you 
make these flanks level, I, here's a diagram, it's not such a clear diagram, but you build, you, you've gone from that large chotzer into a small chotzer, and you just carry on the wall of the small chotzer straight all the way to the end, I, what you've made, now you have well, the equivalent of two small chotzers. You don't have the gafofis, the flank anymore, which originally counted as the wall. So he says, you wouldn't now now you would not be allowed to carry in the large one as well. So what do we see? That by building these machitzas, this inner wall that makes the small that you continue the line of the small wall, the size of the small one, straight into the large one. So now you have two equal sized chotzers you can't even carry. So building a wall, building a machitza creates a isur. Because now you can't carry from these houses which were used to be in the large one, now they're in the same size, so they're not allowed to carry. So he says, Omalay, a buyer responded, he says, How some siluk machitzas? He says, No, there the problem is not that you added machitzas, it's that you removed machitzas. He said, What made it that you were allowed to carry? It's these flanks. If we go back to the original diagram just to make it a little easier, it's these flanks that allowed us to carry. It's where on the fourth side, the the where the out where the large one um, overlapped and it had walls built inwards. Those are what allowed it to carry. And now that you've leveled it, that you've drawn the machitza along the line of the small one so that it's level, what you've really done is removed that wall. That's how bias says it's not counted as adding a wall. It's more it should be viewed as removing the out the wall, the fourth wall that was on the large one has been removed because of the way you set up this machitza. So he says it's not adding a machitza that makes it osur, it's taking away the machitza that makes it osur. Says Omale Rovel Abaya. Rovel says, oh, I've got another challenge, Abaya. Says, Velo Matino Machitza Lesor. Are you telling me that we don't find that building a machitza creates a issue? Says, Voho Itmar, we learned. If you put schach on a on a on a you know, on a porch that has petzimin side posts, kashera it's kosher. I'll show you what are petzimin. So if you look at this one, you have these petzimin at you have two parallel walls, which we know is not enough for a sukkah. Sukkah needs well three and a uh, two and a bit or four. So here, but here you have these petzimin. You have these boards at each end of the sukkah where it opens on either side of the two walls. Those boards make it, those petsimim, those posts, make it as if you have four walls now. So if you put schach on top, it's kosher. And he says, Ve'ilu hishve If you make the petsimim equal, you build that you fill it up, that now it's flat. So you add a fence or a wall between from the one petzim to the other petzimim, again, parallel to the two walls that you initially had, you only have two walls of your sukkah now, and you're back to where you started, it would be a possible sukkah. But what do we see? Building up these walls made this an osur sukkah, ruined it. So we do see a case where building a mechitzah can ruin something. So Abai says, firstly, to me it's kosher. But I'll come back to that. But even according to you, now that it's a posel sukkah, it's only because you built up more. 
by building, sorry, it's not that you built up, it's that you removed. By filling in the space from one potsim to the pitsim on the other side of the sukkah, what have you done? You've removed the pitsim as it goes into the sukkah. So now you don't have the board that goes into the sukkah to count as your wall. It's as if you've removed that. By filling it in, it's as if you've removed it, and therefore it's not a case of building a mechitza that creates the isur. It's removing the pitsim and making the pitsim invisible that has ruined the sukkah. That's why it's not a it's not a challenge on my principle. Again, what was Abayah's principle? That this is the only time I've ever, the case of the kilayim is the only time I've ever seen that by the fact that you have walls, it creates the isur. And now, we, as I said, we try and refine. We're all the same. But look here. If you build these walls up, you build from one patsim to the next, you've ended up building and creating the sukkah to be in, making the sukkah invalid. He says, no, it's because of all intents and purposes. It's as if you've removed the posts that jutted into the sukkah. So that's why it doesn't work. Now, why, according to Abai, is this a kosher sukkah? So just... Um, just the one point we left to explain and we'll leave off with this is if you look there's a cross beam here this portico before um, before it had this half on top obviously it had um, it had the two pitsim and it has a board across the top of the pitsim so that you can rest the schach or the roof of the portico on it and that cross beam a buyer says you can say the principle of we touched on this the other day is that if you have a roof if you have a board you can count you can view it as if the end of the board drops straight down forming a mechitza this would be the same it's one of the um, when you go on holiday and you've got a little front uh, porch for brying and all that stuff and you want to know on Shabbos can you carry into the porch so if it has a cover that's quite generally it's quite easy to count the porch at least in the Eruv because the end of the porch will be viewed as the, if the roof comes to an end then you can view it as dropping straight down. So by a hold, this is a good sukkah because in this case you can say P tikra yored v'soyseng. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today. We'll continue with the challenges on a buyer's principle tomorrow.